0: Welcome to the Eclectic Collection, episode 50. Never thought I'd get here. This is interesting, considering our meager beginnings, and uh, now it's 50 episodes, which is just crazy. I don't know what I'll be saying when I get to 100, Um, but it's kind of cool. So if you're an eclector, you're cool. If you're not, become one. Uh, Like us, listen to us subscribe to us, check us out on many different platforms. It's fun. And, uh, you know, cost you nothing. So do it. And, uh, listen to me rant about weird things. Although sometimes it's not a rant. It's more of a storytelling situation. Today's episode is called gone, but not forgotten how apropos for uh, 50. So mm-hmm. I was just thinking the other day about things that are missing. And I had mentioned this in a previous podcast that we were talking about Benegins. um, where Everybody Knows Your Name is the name of that podcast because I felt like Norm from Cheers when I used to walk into Bennigan's and be like, hey, Ty." So um, I got to thinking about things that are gone and they're missing, whether on a corporate level. So they were gone nationally or they were gone from the state or they were gone locally. And being in southeastern Pennsylvania in the lovely Delco that Kate Winslet has trouble pronouncing our accents. um which I don't even think we have one, and then I listen to us from other people and I think, oh yeah, we really do. Um, There were so many things that got taken away. Now my friends jokingly call me a restaurant killer because there's been a lot of places that I would frequent that are just gone and they were kind of mom and pop shops or like a one specific place that was pretty cool. And then it just went by the wayside. So I had started talking about all this with Bennigans. Now, obviously, they're in a national chain, and they're kind of going away. And there's a few, unless you, for whatever reason, live in Iowa. There's tons there in Ohio. Uh, they must like vowels in their states, which also begged uh, nationally. Hooligans went away. They were sort of the competition. And there was a chain called Coco's. Not the pizza people, but the Coco's chain was actually a... Um, Like it was a it was a family friendly restaurant and bar situation, but they had like obnoxiously large portions or drinks of certain things, and they would put like a big balloon on a very oversized margarita glass. But they also would do um, like virgin daiquiris for kids and stuff, and it was neat. It reminds me of uh, Farrell's ice cream. They've kind of gone by the wayside. There's a few uh, down south and out west, I believe, but not very many any longer. But that was a very big popular place. You could go to have a birthday party. They used to be in the mall and now not so much anymore. As far as national chains go, uh Bally's Fitness was always a happening gym to participate in and Cher used to be the spokesperson and sometimes uh they would have like Lee Majors do different uh Uh, commercials and such and they just kind of got replaced out here it was over LA fitness kind of took over and it just didn't have the popularity and then as other big chains came up they were completely replaced and it's like nobody even talks about them anymore the other type of store that did that was Kmart back in the day in Philadelphia Kresge's was a thing which would give way to Kmart and then Kmart they went through a lot of different um You know, fights and arguments about chapter this and chapter that and then they I think they leveraged their ground against their real estate and they were able to hold on for a little bit longer but then ultimately they weren't able to hold on any longer but Kmart was a pretty happening almost like a Walmart but a little cooler blue light special Um, it was neat they had like a little deli I can remember mom taking me there when I was a little kid you'd get a sandwich or they had like the deal of the day in the middle of the store was like a little uh, almost like a little diner eatery and it was just your basic housewares and, and things, but um, Kmart would just be an iconic store for a long time and it kind of went by the wayside. I uh, don't think there's any of them out there anymore. It might be. Um, two Guys was kind of a housewares store. Now you have Home Goods. I never really frequent Home Goods, but two guys came and, and went, and so was the store uh, The stores Clover and Corvettes and Gimbals. So Clover became Kohl's. And Clover was happening. Again, it was that kind of a uh, all-purpose store, like a department store, houseware store, but not really, uh, it was just an average average, normal store. It wasn't anything high-end or, or specialty items. It was just sort of everyday housewares and normal stuff. I guess you could equate it to, to Target, but again, Clover became Kohl's. Two guys was more on the hardware side, and obviously Home Depot and, and Lowe's have taken over that space. Corvettes, I just remember being in Springfield I only ever remember the one store. That was more of a clothing, like a clothier department store type of place. And Gimbel's was a straight-up department store in the mall, but it just went by the wayside. And then you had the uh, Wanamaker's and Strawbridge's issue. So downtown in Philadelphia, the Wanamaker building, um, Strawbridge's became Macy's, and the uh, Macy's name kind of took off. You never heard of that until, like, late, you know, 80s and 90s. But it was always uh, uh, Strawbridge's. And then with the... Um, uh, downtown, there was a movie called Mannequin. Uh, Kim Cattrall and, and uh, Andrew McCarthy, very popular. I want to say it was '88, and it put, it's funny because it put uh, Jefferson Airplane, aka Jefferson Starship, and by that point just Starship, back on the map um, with uh, a major song from the the movie. It was just kind of funny. It was their um, sort of homage to uh, changing their name up and keeping themselves relevant. However. Uh, it was after uh, the movie, and it was shot in Philadelphia. And it was supposed to be the idea of all the the lore and everything behind the Wanamaker Building. And uh, the Wanamaker Building still exists, although I believe it was purchased. So now it's like upstairs above the actual department. You could still have there's still an organ show at Christmas time. They have like a big pipe organ, and they still decorate the main floor. And there is still shopping, but I believe like upstairs has become. Uh, more like Banquet and Corporate Space. So it's there, but not like it was. Um, so again, that was a big a big name, a big Philadelphia name. Blockbuster, who doesn't remember renting movies from Blockbuster? And now Netflix. And yes, I still have discs, and I just renewed them the other day. So proud. Um, everybody streams. I have both. Why? Because when people ask me chocolate or vanilla, I simply say yes. I'm not very good at no. Um, I like having a disc. I like having a radio. I like having CDs. I like having media. It doesn't always have to be MP this and that. Just saying. So um, went to go get VHS tapes. Still have VHS tapes too, not going to lie. Yes, I have VCRs. I have like five of them. But um, Blockbuster was, was great. used to go, like, oh, we're we going to get a Blockbuster. You know. And of course, they would upsell you every candy in the world. But if you couldn't get to the movie or you missed the movie, although I'm a big proponent of going to the movies and support your local movie theater still, uh, Blockbuster was always the way to go. There were other chains and things that happened. West Coast Video was out here. It's funny because West Coast Video, I'm on the East Coast, but we always had West Coast Video. They completely went bye-bye. But Blockbuster hung on for a long time. It was a store in Brookhaven that we frequented for a while, and then it became like some weird name mom-and-pop shop thing, and then it was gone. So uh, right into, like, I would say 2005 or six, they were still there just under a blockbuster shell but a different name of a company, and then they went by the wayside. Obviously, they had switched DVDs at that point, but they just didn't uh, they didn't pan out. So now, of course, there's Netflix, and, and that was a big... And now, you know, Hulu, and there's every kind of service, but now you're streaming, and they don't really offer the discs. And to my knowledge, Netflix is the only one that still offers... Both streaming and the discs, and as I said, I proudly have both. Oh yes, as many streams as possible and three discs, just saying. Um Sam Eric twin movies. So if you are a young and you probably don't remember this, there were literally twin, meaning two movie theaters. Sam Eric was just the name of them. Um you didn't see AMC, it wasn't a thing. You didn't see Sony Blockbuster, it wasn't a thing. You definitely did not see Regal. It wasn't a thing, at least not in the Philadelphia area. Everything was Sam-Eric twins. And pretty much every city had a dual movie theater. There was usually, I'll say the kid movie and the adult movie, uh, that sounds bad, but you know what I mean? So the rated R movie would be next door whatever was happening. And, and then you'd have like a, a not necessarily a, um, Disney or something, but it would be family friendly movie in the other theater. And pretty much it just played movie theater. A and movie theater B played those two movies for a while. I can remember Jaws playing over a year. I can remember star Wars in 77 playing over a year. I can remember ET playing for over a year. That wasn't weird. And then eventually, you know, pretty much every city had the same couple of movies. Once in a while, there'd be another one introduced sooner or leaving later, etc. And you'd kind of run around the um, county to find where, who had what, or they had the old one, or who had the new one. I can remember going to see Top Gun in 86, and I had to go all the way down to the Yadin movie theater, which was not only far, but kind of a little sketchy place compared to where I lived. And I was like, ooh, we, uh, we're we going to go there at 7 o'clock and... and uh See uh, Top Gun, which now I'm looking at Maverick. Here we are, so many years later, and um, it was it was really fun. But it was the same style movie theater everywhere. You just had uh, you know regular theater normal seats. If you were lucky, it either rocked or it would uh, slide forward or slide back. If they were la la seats, but there's not this recliner stuff. You had one big uh, screen, and I have to say, at the time, it was two fifty for kids. And it was $5 for an adult. So a kid could go to the movies for 5 bucks. You got in for two fifty. For like another $2, you could get yourself like a big candy, a bucket of popcorn, and a soda, no question. And maybe even have $0.50 cents to have two quarters to play Pac-Man on the way out um, in the in the lobby or Donkey Kong or whatever was happening. And then if we were lucky, then it was next to a Friendly's or someplace. Froyo kinda came and went in the 80s. There was TCBYs sometimes, but we were more Friendly's kids and we'd get ice cream after the fact. So... They were, uh, Sam Eric twins were everywhere and eventually there would be like an independent movie theater that would take over like an old warehouse or a lot. It was one movie house and it was always known as like the dollar movie theater. It was literally a dollar and it was some really old movie that everybody missed that was a year or two behind And I love that because if I did miss it, I would go see the movie there. And, of course, they would make more money on concessions. But it's not the big conglomerate that it is today where movie theaters sadly only make a couple cents, believe it or not, on every title. And they really make their money in concessions. So I love the movie theater experience. Love the smell of the popcorn. I miss that real butter was used. I get it. Everybody got cholesterol. But do you really think this fake stuff is any better? Just use the real butter again. Commit. Anyhow, uh, movie theater, Sam Eric Twins. And now, you know, we have AMC and Blockbuster and they have all the crazy things that that they have now. But um, they're huge, huge movie houses that are 10, 15, 20 theaters. Um, Locally, more on a a local uh, for me, Aladdin's Castle Arcade. Ah, sniff. I still have tokens. So Aladdin's Castle was an arcade that was in Granite Run Mall. So this is like a twofer. Lots of malls, malls in general, I think, have just been destroyed. So other than King of Prussia Mall, which has now become the largest mall in the United States, overtaking that big mall of America, I think it's in Minnesota, which had the distinction for years. um, To me, a mall was totally a large place with lots of stores, but it was indoors and it was still walkable and manageable. The Granite Run Mall, which I loved and I'm very sad that it's gone, was like a three-pronged triangular type mall with two levels and lots of stores, and then on the edge, you had, like, larger things, like department stores. Valley's Fitness used to be there, and, oh, yes, in the destruction not that long ago, so sad, there was Bebop Nightclub, and everybody went there for the under-21 dance party on Sunday night if you weren't of drinking age, and all the adults would go during the week. It was, like, ladies' night on Wednesday, and they would have... um, Friday and Saturday was just like a big club. A lot of people would come out of the gym on one prong, if you will, of the mall and walk across to the other prong of the mall after taking a shower, getting changed, and going over to uh, the club. But it was all in the mall. Not only was the mall and malls in general uh, totally taken down and raised, but it's depressing because the whole premise of malls have gotten turned inside out. And that doesn't make sense to me. Now you have stores that you're going basically a strip mall outside so you have to fare with the weather and still fight in and out of every door as opposed to housing one big set of stores inside with concessions and stuff as well it makes no sense it just doesn't make any sense i think malls need to come back normally thank you very much what's interesting for us locally is that kevin smith who i love aka jane silent bob the uh you know Kevin Smith is a movie master as far as I'm concerned and certainly a wonderful storyteller. I um, love his work. He did Mall Rats after he uh, did Clerks originally, which became a cult classic and started his uh, upward career. He toyed with using the demolition of Granite Run Mall for, I believe, his Mall Rats 2. Uh, it, it didn't end up getting used because he's in Jersey. He's not that far away from us. And it would have been the perfect venue, but a few stores hung on and there were some legal and technical difficulties, so unfortunately he wasn't able to use it. But I was very excited to find out that he might have, and just the mirror possibility was really cool. So that was neat. The other thing that was neat was Aladdin's Castle because that was in the mall. Love it. Uh, It was just a great arcade. Arcades were wonderful. Then it gave way to Jolly Time Arcade, and that was okay. But Aladdin's Castle was cool. And, of course, you got a bunch of silly little coins that you used instead of quarters. And, of course, they gave you a couple more coins than quarters. And then it turned into uh, buying silly little things with tickets. Not much different than any skee-ball situation or carnival or Dave & Buster's would do today. It was just neat. And, of course, you'd save up all your money and stuff for absolutely junky things. So it was fun. But uh, that was in the uh, Granite Run Mall. It was kind of a bummer. The other piece to that in terms of like malls and things, um, which it's weird. There were uh, mall destruction in general, but I think that um, places that were sort of local and yet kind of still known beyond the general area were like Woolworths um, five and dime, if you will, nobody really sees them anymore. I, I assume they were across the country, but we sort of had one, uh, for a while, you know, um, in media, everybody's hometown, there uh, was a Woolworths and they used to have the little ice cream or an um, ice cream. They had, um, what are I scoop like, uh, right in the front of the store. And it was still literally like a five and dime. I guess that idea gave way to the dollar store, which is fine, you know, and, now we have what the dollar twenty five store, which is kind of strange, but um, same idea. Housewares, little things, but Woolworth sort of went by the wayside as well. Um, it was just like little little deals, and uh, I guess it's like five below. Just uh, inflation. <laughs> that was one of the places that was um, very specific, and yet I'm sure it was all over the the country. Um, down in Clifton Heights was the bazaar. Uh, the bazaar. Mall uh, came same idea. It was uh, an indoor, um, big long store. Uh, I believe it's it's gotten taken over now by uh, lots of things. There's a huge Home Depot down there now. But at the time, that area was uh, just a gigantic, um, almost like an indoor flea market. Different stores and specialty places. Again, mom used to take me down there. They had like a little. Uh, pub where you could get a hot dog and a root beer and we would go get our fruit baskets for my dad's business down there. There was like a chocolate guy, a produce guy, but everybody that had an individual talent would go there. There was like a shoe repair person. There was a vacuum cleaner place. Again, like a Woolworths five and dime place. They had places that sold clothes They had places that sold produce. They had places that sold, uh, there was a butcher. There was, uh, uh, places that sold like yarn and sewing things and, uh, craft stuff. I mean, he, anything you could think of, uh, we used to go bring our watches down to the man there and he would repair watches. He was, uh, he did like jewelry repair and, and things like that. So it was cool. There was all different little, um, specialty stores together in one uh, niche, but at the same token, all sorts of different. And they all went together as like a little sale community. And it was cool. And it was there for a long time. I think it was uh, Bazaar of Nations is what they called it. And uh, it it was neat. It was there for a long, long time. And then it just kind of one by one started getting taken over by the bigger stuff. And then that's that. Now I feel like everything's up against Amazon. You're just not going to get uh, any, anybody even go to the store anymore, <laughs> but that was a neat place to go. And, and it was fun. I'm saying neat a lot in this episode. I don't know why that is. It's, it's an underused word from the 80s. So I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, Mr. Bazaar, uh, got destructed, became, you know, Home Depot because we needed another one of them. Uh, restaurants, little Inn, Valentino's townhouse, Hennessy's <laughs> sniff, sniff. My buddy Hennessy, uh, my buddy Pat owned Hennessy's, loved it. It was, uh, in Aston, it was a great, uh, great, great restaurant, family-friendly. Had the uh, restaurant, had the bar, had a little side room, uh, banquet room. Did a lot of parties there myself and had a great relationship to that place. So sad to see it go. Became a doctor's office. Uh, Valentino's, excellent Italian food. Uh, My buddy Fran uh, owned that place that was in Broomall since been repurposed like five times but fantastic food great place open probably 20-25 years love it miss it uh miss everything about it people loved it and it's just when you get used to something you know and some person that's not going to take things over and you don't have anyone to pass it to it kind of goes by the wayside and that's very sad yeah. i never really believed in all good things must come to an end and i just i don't do no i don't like it i never really fell for that um the little inn, right in media it's been raised. They are going to build a hotel. Still nothing on the lot. Um, part of a larger restaurant conglomerate, but, again, very mom-and-pop shop. Known for their spectacular crab cakes. And uh, no more. No more. So uh, that, went, that went down uh, a while ago. My mom and dad used to go up there all the time. And uh, the townhouse, interesting. So in media, uh, the townhouse has been oddly renovated. Uh, it closed down a few years ago. And it was supposed to reopen. They kind of compartmentalized it. I want to say there's four or five different mini restaurants within it's a whole city, it's a whole city block. So it kind of has five or four or five different types, genres, styles of food within the same overall umbrella. And the townhouse, which is uh one of the segments now, I have yet to go back. I believe I want to And it kept getting pushed off and getting pushed off. So it was not open when I tried to go. I believe it might be now. So I'll I'll give it a a shot. My buddy Joe and I go there all the time. I went there constantly. I love it. I miss it. And I hope it went back exactly as it was before because I detest change. Um, So that was a a place that that was local to, to all of us. And in Jersey, and on the way to Jersey, so this is interesting. If you had taken what I like to call the old way. So it's like Penrose and Platte Bridge and all that, and like 76, before what is known as the Blue Route up here, 476. Um, there used to be this tiny little cart. It was a, a brick-and-mortar place, but small, and it was known as the dog cart. And they really just sold uh, very, very minimal things. They sold hot dogs, and they sold uh, fountain drinks, sodas, water, and they sold hot dogs... With fish cakes. I know it sounds weird. Don't knock it till you try it. It was um, yummy. And I, I don't even think they sold fries or anything. Might have had like a bag of chips or something, but very limited menu. Um, open every day. Loved stopping there on the way to the shore. Uh, Dad used to take us all the time. Been gone a long time. Unique little spot. Uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere in a very empty, very small corner lot right at the turn of 76. And it was just there forever, and then it was gone. Um, downtown, you know, you hear about Pat Steaks and Geno's—they're icons. I don't think they'll ever go anywhere. And uh, Pops Water Ice, although Tony Luke's, I think, has been going through some some changes as far as uh, franchising or whatever. But those are all pretty iconic names that will be in Philadelphia forever. But the dog cart was sort of a small mom and pop shop thing. It wasn't a chain. It wasn't a franchise. And it was really, uh, really happening. And then one day to the next, it was gone. I would say. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, it, it had disappeared. And on the way, that was on the way to the shore. We used to go down to brigantine all the time, as I've talked about before. And if you took, quote, unquote, the old way, which was the Black Horse Pike, and not take the expressway, there was a restaurant, beloved restaurant. There's a million diners, because they say, what, jug handles and uh, and diners in Jersey, right? And there was a million diners. But there was a nicer family restaurant called Zaber's, on the way on the Black Horse Pike. I loved it. Everything was zaberized, and it was basically large uh, things. It was a lot of flambe. They used to bring fruit out and light it on fire at the table. It was pretty cool. They would do a table-side salad service for you. They would bring out, uh, do you want a regular drink or do you want it zebra-ized? You know, So as a kid, if you got a Shirley Temple, there'd be a normal-sized glass, and then there was the zaberized drink, and it was about five times the size of a normal drink, and they of course did that with regular alcoholic drinks as well. Did you want a steak, or did you want your steak zaberized? And if it came out zaberized, it was gigantic. And it was an interesting place because um, they had like an old car out front. They had a couple. It wasn't an animatronic, but they had a how do I put this non-creepy scenes with a couple of mannequins set up from like an era of like circa 20s and it just kind of worked with the old car it was neat and they had like a couple things on the wall and like different kitschy things around whereas the townhouse and media had stuff hanging all throughout the ceiling everywhere everything you could possibly think of from colonial times uh just to antiques in general and just random stuff literally you've seen a lantern a musket a toilet seat and like a a feather it was crazy um lots of different things and Zabers wasn't quite like that. It didn't have that much stuff hanging around, but it did have some cute um, different, uh, I'll say like circa 20s paraphernalia, like a turn of the century and the old car. And it was neat, but it had a lot of uh, family uh, fun, had a lot of character and it was a neat place to go. Fantastic food. That, that definitely, I didn't, oh, that closed up. I want to say late 80s, I never saw it again. So sad. Um, Just like the lobster pot went by the wayside and brigantine. So depressing. Um, And as far as that was actually at the shore, um, pulsations, nightclub. I don't know that nationally everyone would remember this story or if it got that far. Down on Route 1, which has long since become like a nursery and land and lots of homes and lots of different shops, there was this nightclub called Pulsations that opened like mid-80s. Their big shtick was that they had this large robot for the time it was happening. Now it would be like ridiculously dated and the place is long gone. They had this large robot that came out of the ceiling. And every like hour in the hour it would blow smoke, and they would drop this robot and he would say something in a robot voice, and it would kind of kick up the the club and it was neat, and people went to go see it and It was like a huge deal and it had a lot of popularity for a long time One night, the robot malfunctioned, and unfortunately it fell. And I believe it uh, crushed a man. A couple of people were injured and I think it actually killed a person, which is horrible. But again, feel free to look up that story. But I don't know that that got national coverage is a big deal out here because I'm not that far from it. But uh, needless to say, they were open a little bit after that, but then it totally got closed down and it kind of lost popularity. And and it was over and then they you know turned it into 20 million different things because that whole stretch of land was kind of farm and rural and it is not now that whole piece of land has turned into uh lots of stores and shops as i said so they even put one of the train stations back there in the process uh at the moment to link out to uh westchester which is another nearby town but that was uh a big place that, that drew a lot of attention as well. So these are just, you know, some things that I thought I'd mention that made sense to me or that I remembered that I miss. And, you know, you're not going to get them back. Uh, I, I guess I have to go to I, uh, Iowa to go see Benigan's anymore. It makes me sad. But um, I do miss them. I do miss the places. In some cases, the people are gone. Uh, you know, they've passed on or in some place they couldn't get a lease or land was moved or or the whole game shifted in the case of the movies. You just don't know. But uh, gone but not forgotten is what I have to say about that because it's just a lot of warm, fuzzy memories. And uh, I just don't understand. If it's good, why does it have to go? I think it should just be around forever, just like I feel like the world should be 24-7. You should be able to get anything at any time. I'm still waiting for the technology like in Star Trek when I could say steak, medium well snap my fingers and it's there, but it hasn't come yet. It's like teleportation devices. Where are they? Uh, So behind flying cars should be already happening. I think it is, but I don't have one yet. makes me sad. So uh, if you liked all the crazy stuff that you heard today, check us out at com or listen to us on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.